MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSEN. It is the Lombardi line on a Friday, and no surprise here, week four Sunday properly. We've got a ton of news coming in, including Ooh. Andy Dalton looks like he's going to start there in London. And we say hi. I'm Patrick Maher. He, Dalton. of course, is Michael Lombardi. What'd you say, Michael? Well, well, the you know, I mean, we have a new we have a new king, and we have a new king in England. We've got Andy Dalton playing. I mean, does it get any better than that? Seriously, I mean, welcome. <laughs> I mean, those. I think you know. I think this was at the top. Like, of king oh, Ch- here we go. Yeah, I think this was at the top of King Charles's uh, list when he took over for Moms. R.I.P. Uh, I want to see Andy Dalton start at Tottenham Stadium. But before we get started, how about this? A proper yeah. happy birthday to Matt Lombardi uh, down in Charlotte, Absolutely. hanging out with his mom. My man. happy birthday, Matt. My man, and 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 Mickey did a, sent him a great gift. The guy brilliantly, the uh, brilliantly dumb on Instagram, Robbie Berger, fascinating follow, funny as hell. Uh, sent him one of those cameos. It was great. So yeah, we're off to a good start. So tomorrow will be mixed birthday. Hopefully, we can get some birthday presents, and the Panthers and the Raiders win games. <laughs> yeah, that's what. That's exactly what we need as uh, we look ahead to Week Four. Speaking of looking ahead. I'm loving, I'm not kissing your ass. I love the Lombardi look ahead, which comes out on Friday after the Thursday night game to properly get the NFL week started. VEASAN pros, remember, you get that. It's an awesome rundown 
power ratings on the quarterbacks, the teams, the line that Michael's looking at, the coordinator matchup. So make sure you go to vsun.com slash subscribe to take a look. Let's Injuries are coming in, and I'm going to update you on all the injuries that will impact the games and the numbers on Sunday. But the big story out of the 27-15 win last night for the Bengals, they moved to 2-2, two and two, was the injury to Tua. I'm just going to start there, and then we'll kind of spider into the game. Your take on Tua. Well, I mean, look, you know, as I said yesterday, uh, everybody's concerned about the protocol. Was it followed by the league and that the league has a vested interest in getting Tua back on the field? I don't buy that. As you know, I mean, I don't think Lee Harvey Oswald acted alone. I don't think he was even on the sixth floor. You know, so I, I buy into conspiracy theories, but I'm not buying this one. Now, did did somebody misjudge it? Originally, Miami said last week that Tua had a head injury, and then he then they revised it to a back injury. So when they went and gave him the cognizant test that the independent doctor gives, right, he, he passed him. Now, that doesn't mean he doesn't have a concussion because I think sometimes you've got to be the visual aid as well as the – medical aid, right? And visually, he did. He looked like he got a concussion. They said it was a back. But what bothers me more than anything is they put him right back in the game three days later. Like, I think that to me is where there's a little bit of fuzziness here. He was always going to play. It was never doubted that he was going to play. The fact that he had back and leg injuries and ankle injuries, to me, I think that that's concerning and, and putting him back. And as I wrote about today, Patrick, when, when you play on a short week and your quarterback goes down, you're really in a lot of trouble because the backup, no matter how experienced he is, got no reps during the week, got no rep because nobody got reps. They're all mental reps. And I think when that happened, Mike McDaniel cut back his playbook and really went conservative. A cover for Cincinnati. We'll talk about a team that I thought looked sluggish short week. Of course, another under in prime time. But, of course, the game was overshadowed. Michael wrote about it in his look ahead by the Tua concussion in the second quarter. Mostly highlighted by that fencing posture with the hands that uh, was aesthetically tough to take. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, it looked bad. And I think it was a clean hit, Patrick. Right. Yes, I don't think was. they should. They, there was no penalty called, and I think that's the right call. Unfortunately, he hit the ground and his head went first. It's two weeks in a row now. The hit, in, the hit against Buffalo was. If you watch that hit, and I'm defending the league on one sense, but if you watch that hit that he took in Buffalo, he basically hit again, hit his head back. And I think to me, what I'm saying now is, if they let him play ten days from now, what is going on here now? Well, they're going to say, well, he's passed all the tests. Has he? Are we sure about that? I mean, we, we had to take him off on a stretcher. If he plays next week or they let him play next week, to me, do we really have a system in place? Are we sure he's healthy? We passed all the tests. Does that really qualify? It's like when I was in the league, we would go to a medical meeting. Not that I'm a doctor. And the doctors would say he's cleared to play. Okay. We put him through some drills. He couldn't really play. Well, he's cleared to play. But he can't play. Like, I'm watching him. He can't move. Like, you could clear him medically, but there's a but can he play? I think there is lies the problem. Tua did fly back with the team. Miami is at the Jets in 10 days. My assumption is just because of the backlash, we will see Teddy Bridgewater, who had a touchdown, a nice deep strike to Tyreek Hill, and an interception. No surprise there. 
Let's circle back to Miami. Let's start with Cincinnati. Open the season 0-2. Back-to-back wins. They get to 2-2. Uh, again, Jamar Chase, question mark. Joe Burrow, he was good. Was he really good, Michael? He's 20-31, 287, two touchdowns, no picks. The offense was lethargic, getting booed. And you have a problem with the head coach. I always have a problem with the head coach. Like, I, I just don't understand him. I, I, don't, I don't think he watches the game early in the game. Okay, they got first and goal. They have third and inches at the goal. And I'm on the couch, and Bill and I are watching the game, and I'm like, why doesn't he challenge that spot? Like, that spot wasn't even close to being right. It should have been a first down. So he calls timeout. Nobody in the booth tells him to challenge it. It was clearly the, the tack, the Mixon landed on top of the tackler. The ball was beyond the five-yard line. If he challenges that because he called a timeout, he gets his timeout back. He's going to win the challenge. It was obvious, right? He doesn't do that. The middle, the, the top of the second quarter, I know all you analytical people think it was brilliant, right? The game, the game was going on. He went down the field and scored. Miami went right down the field and scored and got stopped one of the few times this year in the red zone. So the game was going to look like at that point it was going to be some momentum going. Like, why not take the three points? And if he takes the three points – when Miami has the ball in the fourth quarter, that scores 23 to 15. You're in really good shape, but because he doesn't take it early in the game, he's now holding to a 20 to 15 lead, and he needs Von Bell to make an interception. And the only reason that interception happened was because Teddy thought the receiver was going to break over. He threw it to where he was. The tight end didn't. It was, it was really because there was no practice. That's why that happened. So for me, I mean, Cincinnati comes out of it. They got no run game. They do nothing to help the run game. Their offense is bland. And, you know, give them, give Burrow credit. The whole game plan, and I don't know if they discussed it, but the entire game plan was simply this. We are going to double. We are going to double chase with our second best corner. And we're going to have help on top. And we're going to roll the coverage over to him. And we are going to put our best corner, Xavier Howard, on Higgins. And Cincinnati and Higgins won. Howard wasn't 100% healthy, but that was essentially the game, Patrick. 59-yard strike to Higgins was the game because most of Burrow's throws, he was accurate on those short throws, but intermediate to deep, not so much. Also, Mixon, I don't know what Taylor's doing with this run game. Uh, He got the 61 yards, 24 carries. He's averaged two and a half yards a rush yesterday. I I understand that's not a great offensive line, but Mixon's too good for two and a half. Well, he's got no lead. He does, you know, there's no diversification in the run game. They don't have a lead blocker. They don't change really formations. I mean, they want to be an 11 team, but sometimes they get into 12. And so teams have a better way to handle them. There's really no multiplication of, of, of where they're going in the run game. They want to run outside zone. They're not great at that. You know, they don't have a point of attack tight end. Hayden Hurst is more of a, of a, of a receiver than he is a blocker. So they can't really run strong side. They're easy to defend. And if you get enough guys in the box to tackle Mixon, there you go. I mean, they actually ran the ball better last year with a bad offensive line. Now, look, I'll say this. For as much as I thought the line would improve, Collins is not very good right now, the right tackle. And Williams has never been a good left tackle. Even though he's from Alabama and he's a first-round pick, I get all that. But he hasn't played very well. Their, their edges are not very good. Situationally, everything was against Miami going into this game. Let's just, again, a little misleading, 27-15 on the final. Miami took the lead into the fourth quarter. 
Like Cincinnati, yeah. this is it, it's, yeah. it's it's you, this is a game you got to watch the whole thing to be like, wait, are we sure about Cincinnati still? I mean, I know it's two straight wins and they look good against the Jets. The Jets are a disaster. You know, this was a Dolphins team I, up against I, it, emotionally beat down with the Tua injury as well. Right, and and, and look, they, they their defense played ninety plays. Now, look, Chase makes a play late in the game because Josh Boyer went blitz zero and he had to put the corner on an island and Chase won, but. That really there was no rhythm or symmetry to this Miami offense that I saw, and I think that's going to catch up to them. I think when they play the better teams like Baltimore, you know they've already lost to Pittsburgh, Cleveland. I think it's going to be. But Lou Amaromo, I mean, I think if I say his name correctly, I should because he's Italian. I think the guy keeps everything together in Cincinnati. Wonderful job, holds them to three points in the second half. So now they've only given up 15 points in the second half. He makes really good adjustments, and the fact that. They went conservative in the game. I mean, this is what happened. They had originally started out throwing the ball and creating a lot of problems. But in the second half, they balanced it up. They had 16 throws and 13 rushes in the second half in a very close game. I, McDaniel wanted to play the game close to the vest. I, I, I respected McDaniel after that game. I really did. Because he wasn't trying to force it. He was taking the points. He was paying attention to the game. For all this, I went to Yale and I'm an aggressive guy. I thought he was really conservative in the right way in that game, the way that game was going. Doesn't get easier for Cincinnati Sunday night, next Sunday night. They're at Baltimore, Baltimore sitting three and a half as the favorites. And by the way, there's a quarterback in Baltimore that is at the top of Michael Lombardi's quarterback ratings as he should be. What Lamar is doing is ridiculous. Okay. We'll come back with Miami and get to some of these injuries impacting the numbers so we can get you out in front of it. Um, again, looks like Andy Dalton's going to be starting in London. The question is, wow. Andy Dalton might be enough to bring Prince Harry and Prince William together. <laughs> I mean, can we put aside our differences? We'll see. It's yeah, the let's, Red let's, Rifle, Let's all bro. join ourselves. Let's let the big redhead bring us together. Friday, Lombardi Line, VEASAN. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years 
and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Are you getting ready for the hockey season? Well, we've got you covered. VSIN's NFL NHL season prep guide. So, Annie McNeil, Sunshine, got all 32 team previews, Stanley Cup playoff, and point projections. Three things every new NHL better. So, this is the cool thing. A friend in Michigan wrote me yesterday saying it was helpful for him because he can get take a look at how to bet the nhl he's just new to gambling vsin.com slash subscribe or investing as we call it it's vsin.com slash subscribe the nhl season prep guide we got you back here lombardi line i'm patrick maher he of course is michael lombardi i got your email it went to my junk mail but it is a long one and i'm looking forward to reading that michael lombardi there ocean city new jersey how's the weather by the way again the Atlantic coast, I mean, you could see a deluge, almost what we saw in Chicago week one, like yeah. that Maryland college game. And there's other games out there, Clemson maybe, where you could see some insane rain. We saw the totals drop. How's the weather there in Ocean City? I mean, we're supposed to get rain all weekend. I don't know how bad it will be. The Philadelphia Eagle game here at home shouldn't be that bad. The giant game is going to get rain. There's no game in Washington. Carolina it's supposed to have passed through. So the eastern seaboard, I think, other than other than perhaps Baltimore, you know, Baltimore and Philadelphia, I think they're the only teams that are going to experience some rain come game time. Okay, Michael, we put a bow on the Bengals who are at Baltimore next Sunday night. Fun matchup, to be honest. I'm looking forward to that one. The Jets are hosting Miami. Remember, Zach Wilson's going to be under center for the Jets. You liked what you saw from McDaniel. I, I thought about you when he kicked the field goal. Yeah. Um, 
my assumption my assumption is it's going to be Teddy. Let's put a bow on what you saw from Miami. I thought it was a good, spirited performance based on all the factors that were against them heading up to Cincinnati last night on a short week. Look, I think what Miami tried to do was exactly what they wanted to do. The problem is Xavier Howard didn't play as well as they'd hope. I mean, Higgins had 10 catches for 160 yards, a 64-yard touchdown. I mean, 64-yard big – I mean, uh, seven catches for 124 yards, a 59-yard touchdown. You know, and so that cost them – that really essentially is what got them. And they gave up too many big plays. Chase had a big play. You know, Tyler Boyd had a 43-yard. That's something you don't want to do. You want Miami – you want Cincinnati to keep working the ball down the field. And I think that when you leave the stadium, as many snaps as they played against Buffalo, you got to feel like, hey, look, those guys played their hearts out. Just wasn't good enough. Didn't get enough pressure on Burrow, partly because he was getting rid of the ball so quickly. I think if they played them in a normal environment, I think Cincinnati – I mean, excuse me, I think Miami's the better team. And had, my, had Bridgewater had more reps – I mean, he's 6 of 7 in the first half. The second half, it kind of got a little bit away from him. You know, he ended up being 14 for 23, but you know, he made had 193 yards on those 14 attempt on those 23 attempts. So this offense, is there any doubt? Can we put this to bed, please? That Tyreek Hill is is the best receiver in all of football. Can we just eliminate? Can we stop? I mean, I love Devontae Adams too, but Devontae Adams is great, but Hill tilts the field like I've seen no player do. He, he's just the focus of the offense. Like what, what fascinates me is you can tell the defenses are terrified of him and Jalen yeah. Waddle. He, he's got to hook him up with a nice little Christmas gift because he just, he'll just draw so much attention. There's so much he can do. Yeah. I mean, now that's the, the thing. I mean, he didn't play to the level that they needed him to. He had four targets, five targets, something like that for two catches, but he averaged 19.5 a catch, right? So, and Hill averages 16 point yard. I mean, this might, I don't care who plays quarterback for Miami, you know, and, and, and hopefully it'll be Tua, maybe not next week, but in two weeks. But to me, these receivers are wide open, and they're a problem for the defense because if you gauge in a man to man game against him and you don't take the steam off of Hill, he's going to beat you. You're going to have to get control of Hill at some point and force them to run. They ran the ball 22 times last night. They had one gain on the toss that they ran the outside zone, but they tossed it. It was, you know, they got 25 yards on that on Morset, but they can't really control the line of scrimmage. They can't get any power. Cincinnati's problem is, I, I don't know if Zach Wilson's real, but his short yardage offense is not very good. And, you know, and finally in the fourth quarter, he realized it, you know, and he kicked that 57-yarder even though it was fourth and 13. At least he, he was had enough common sense to do that. Okay, let's do this because I told you, Michael, to start the show. It's a Friday here on the Lombardi line, and we're getting a ton of injury news coming in. What we like to do, and you always point out, is don't wait until 10 minutes before game time. You might get the worst of the numbers. So let's get in front of some of these numbers as they begin to move with the injury concerns. Let's start with Dalton in for Winston. No Michael Thomas. He's been ruled out. Remember, this game in London. What's interesting is this number, Minnesota 3 yesterday, DraftKings went the three and a half today. Yeah. So mm-hmm. DraftKings went the three and a half off the, I don't know if you want to call it off the announcement of Dalton, but they have gone to three and a half, which is interesting, that key number of three. I think it's going to, I think it'll be three and a half by the time we kick it when I'm, we're at the Borgata and you're at home on 930 Sunday morning. I think it's going to, I think it's going to go there. I think, look, New Orleans is a tough spot. No Andy Dalton, Andy Dalton, Michael Thomas not playing. Kamaro, is he 100% healthy? Remember, we talked about this yesterday. Kamara last year led all running backs 
All running backs in the league averaging 9.6 per reception. This year he's under four yards per reception. He he in the passing game is critical, critical. And, you know, with Dalton going in there, we know Dalton's what I call a 20-20 quarterback. From 120 to the next 20, he can move the ball. But that ball gets in the red zone, and he seems to make too many mistakes. That's going to be an interesting game. It'll be interesting from the standpoint of, of how does New Orleans play. I think New Orleans has got to find a way to get Kamara going. That's critical. In the passing game, whether it's screens, flats, flares, whatever, they've got to make it where Andy Dalton's throwing him the football, and he's got to protect the ball. To Michael's point, Minnesota lane three, but that three is across the board juiced up, 120, 122, 118. So what we're telling you is if you want to bet Minnesota, you want to lay the three, you better bet it now because it better looks like it everybody's now. going to three and a half. And that this is the importance of timing. I, I know it sounds rudimentary sometimes when we talk about the timing of the market, but getting a three or a three and a half is literally what's going to be the difference between you making money and losing money over a long season, Michael. Well, I think people in the contest, there's two guys that are 15-0 and 0 in the contest, uh, the circuit contest, and the reason I pay attention to their lines is because they're stagnant. So this is a line now where if you're in the contest and you only have to give two and a half to New Orleans and now it's given three and a half, you say, well, that's no real big deal. No, the, the, the games land on three too often, right? And so that is a big deal. So, you know, you'll see, t- you'll see a lot of people in the contest try to just get that point. Because remember, if you're doing this, you're looking at numbers. You're not looking at teams. That's exactly right. Well put. The next one up. Detroit is going to be favored for the first time in like 24, 25 games as they host Seattle coming up on Sunday. Big news. Ross St. Brown is out. Star wide receiver. Looks like DeAndre Swift is going to be out. Those are two big pieces on offense for Detroit. Yeah, and they're playing against a, a, a very bad defense in Seattle. The defense that I don't even know where they have strength. You know, I know they changed coordinators, uh, but I don't know if they've done anything to improve their team defensively. Now, Seattle defensively, offensively, they'll run the ball on Detroit. I mean, Minnesota could run the ball on Detroit. And Seattle has the ability to throw the football because of their receivers. And if Detroit tries to engage them in a man-to-man game, they're going to end up getting beat. You know, Akuda and anyone else that tries to cover Metcalf and, and Lockett, assuming Lockett's healthy to play, is going to be a little bit of a problem. You know, that line, that line is, I think it's five. Four, no, it's, it's four, four in Michael, the contest, lane but four. I think it's going to come down to three and a half before it's over. Okay, so you see the number ticking back a little bit to Seattle there. I'm taking a look right now, pretty much four, 110 across the board. Actually, I see one shop headed towards three and a half with Detroit Lane yeah. at Seattle in town. Ross St. Brown and Swift both out. Okay, that's, that's Swift important. is so good. Swift is so, so good. good. He can make loose plays. He's great in the passing game. He gives them a whole dimension. Look, I got to say this to you, Patrick. I think the offense coordinator of Detroit, the Ben Johnson, I think he's done a really good job. I, I think sometimes when, when your man comes in there and starts to meddle in the fourth quarter, you know, then I think things start to go askew. But Goff has played really well. Look, we know this. I mean, here's let me say this to you. When, when the Rams had a chance to acquire Matthew Stafford, Sean McVay had to call the owner on the phone and say, look, I think we should get engaged in the Matthew Stafford debate. And Stan Kroenke allegedly said to Sean that we just paid Goff all this money. And Sean's reply back allegedly was, well, if you want to keep losing in playoff games, we can do this. Right? So I tell that story to you because – 
Goff is good enough to get you certain levels, right? He's just not good enough to get you to another level. And he's played really well for them when they protect him. And in this game, with their offensive line, they should be able to protect. Yep, getting healthy across the front. They're scoring over 31 points a game. Dare I say, this Lions offense is prolific. I mean, it, they're, very it's, good. they're very talented. Ross St. Brown on those jet sweeps, and just he's so skilled. Like this is, It's a very good offense. It's a terrible defense as they're giving up 31 a game. Um, not particularly specific to anything. May I just say this? I think Atlanta, I'm going to whisper it to you. I think Atlanta's kind of good. Like, yeah, I know oh, they're good we'll on offense. And Atlanta and Detroit Mariota's are similar good. teams. <laughs> yeah, and well, throwing the He's ball. And Cordell well. Patterson's great. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm great. with you on that. I, I, I was dismissing them early. They're bad on defense, but they can move the football. Yeah, I should say Mariota's, but Patterson's been a revelation. We'll come back and discuss some of the surprises, including Atlanta next here at Lombardi Line. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. This is VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Circa just went to six on the Chargers at Houston, literally as we were coming back from break. So most shops are sitting five, not five and a half. A couple shops are sitting five and a half, but Circa went to that key number of six. Westgate just went to six as I was talking to you, Michael. So Chargers, six. Houston. That's how quickly this happens. Well, there's so many fishy lines, right? So today I do I do Altitude Radio, who who hosts our show uh, in Denver, and one of the guests on the one of the hosts on the show said, "Why are the Chargers only a five point favorite against the the the, the Texans?" All you know, and well, the the reason is is because if you watch the Chargers play, they find a way to lose games. They don't always play consistently. I know the quarterback's great in their offense, but. You know, they've got a lot of injuries in their offensive line. So I, it doesn't surprise me that people are saying Houston isn't very good, you know. But I, I think to me, this is one of those lines. If you like Houston, wait and make it a six and a half. I mean, it opened at seven. Now it's come back down because of the injuries. I think Herbert will be healthy, but I don't think uh, – I, I, I don't trust the Chargers to cover on the road. Remember last year, Patrick, just a reminder – the, char- the, the Texans, one of their wins was against the Chargers. Yes, sir. Hey, want, this is why we always say pro tools, you get the betting splits if you become a VEASAN pro. Why is it important? 30 seconds. That's how long the six lasted at Circa on the Chargers. Pros bet numbers. That's your second key number in NFL betting, that six. As you were talking, it's now back down to five and a half. Chargers lane five and a half at yep. Houston. As you were talking... We just lost the four on Detroit. Did you just tell me that Detroit was going to close three and a half? Well, Detroit just went down to three and a half at DraftKings off the four yeah. while we were talking. And, and I think to me, let's not read too much into this movement. It's Friday, right? This is a lot of perception movement. I think to me, Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon is really when we'll see who has a power ranking that they really like with a number. Like I'll give you a game, for example. Like, I think the Packer game, it's nine and a half in a lot of places. Circus at nine. I think that game will close at nine, and it may get to eight and a half. If you like the Patriots, get to nine and a half, because I think a lot of people on Sunday are going to be on the Patriots, because I think at the, at the end of the day, people are going to say, how much worse could Hoyer play than what Mac Jones has played? Right? Is it If this game was, if Mac Jones was in the game, where would the line be? Four and a half, five? I think that's probably right. So you want to give a point to Hoyer? 
They're going to manage Hoyer just like they managed Cooper Rush. I think that's how you have to examine lines. You nailed it. Uh, the the odd screen, just so important, has to be a part of your arsenal because I'm just watching it light up right now on a Friday. You get closer and closer to game time. You're going to have more of these bets being made, of course. I mean, the like predominantly, you're going to get, I don't know, 90% of the handle right before game time because that's what casual right. bettors do. Uh, but these moves during the week are important because you see the key numbers getting snatched. Again, yeah. those books that went to Charger 6 are mostly coming back down to 5.5 because as soon as a pro sees it, they go and take the 6 with Houston. So anyway, that's just wanted well, to just I, I think the that. perfect example of this conversation, Patrick, is today at 5 o'clock, I will do Mad Dog Radio with, with the great Christopher Russo. And we each pick three games. And... We alternate. I go first because I have I, I'm seven and two against him. He's five and four. Although you'll never hear him admit that. Oh, but anyway, gosh. anyway, so I get to pick a game, then he picks a game. So why? So on Sunday I give out my plays, but my plays are often different on Sunday than they are on Friday. Why? Because the line moves, right? The right. line moves, and like I gave New England last Friday. But this Saturday, but by Sunday it was at three. I didn't like it at three, and I think that's how you have to take the, the take the approach. Surprises, Michael Lombardi. Let's do a couple of these. A bond in my ear told me I didn't realize this, but either Chicago or the Giants after Sunday are going to be three and one. Those are two yeah. pretty bad football teams. Really uh, bad. But team. One of them, Chicago's at the Gi- Giants, and the Giants are laying three. Shockingly, the Bears or the Giants, one of those teams, three and one. Couple surprises there. No doubt. I mean, look, both teams, even though they're going to be three and one, that doesn't make them a good team. And I don't know how you bet the Bears because they're one dimensional. They can't really throw the ball. It's a hard game for the Bears because Martindale will blitz fields and he won't blitz them in zero coverage. He'll blitz them in overload pressures, which, which is not a blitz, right? So blitzes are only when you send five or six, or seven. Blitzes are not when you send four. I know everybody on television says, well, they just blitz. No, they didn't. <laughs> they overloaded the pressure. It's four. It's, it's either four. Now, who the four are is all different, right? But you don't want to really go zero coverage against Field because Fields, as I wrote about today, is a running back playing quarterback. He's not a quarterback that runs. And so his first instinct is always to run. And if you allow him by playing man and don't balance your rush like the 49ers didn't do, and he can take off. He's going to make plays because he's very athletic. So Martindale will do a good job with that. Can Martindale stop this Bears running attack? David Montgomery, you know, we haven't really talked about it. He's been really good running the football for the mm-hmm. Bears this year. And so that's given them – that's their offense, frankly. The Giants' offense is we're not going to mess it up. We're going to we'll give the ball to Barkley. We're going to play smart. And we're going to do all the things we have to do to win the game and not give the game away. Put it this way. If you want to scare Brian Dayball this Halloween, dress up as Daniel Jones. Yeah. Because he's terrified of that dude. And I don't know, maybe Ibraflus feels the same. You know, what's fast? Let me ask you this this way. The Giants are going to move on. I'm sorry, but they're not going to commit to Jones. Oh, they've, this, already told, the, they've already told you. Can I give yeah. you a line that I think is a yeah, little please. fishy? Please, please, Other please. than the Washington-Dallas line which I, I don't understand it. Again, I don't get it. Goodbye or beware. This Buffalo-Baltimore line is fascinating. The bets are straight down the middle. 50% of the bets. Uh, now, there's 40,000 bets on Friday afternoon on this game already. 40,000. 
this game will get over 150,000 bets by Sunday, right? The line opened up, you know, start uh, in the it was one and a half in the offseason. Now it stayed at three. It went to three and a half, came back down. In the contest, it is three, okay? So, now, the, what I was saying was it's 50-50 on the ticket count. 81%, 81% of the money, 81% of the money is on Baltimore. Now, let's take it a step further. 79% of the money line money is on Baltimore. You take Buffalo in this, it's buyer beware. You yeah, take fishy. Buffalo in this, it's buyer beware, right? Like, you, you will not see Buffalo. I will not play Buffalo with Russo today, and I won't play Buffalo on Sunday. Like, it's buyer beware. As Stephen just said in my ear, that is the most heavily bet game. Buffalo, Baltimore, Buffalo Lane three. You know, depends on where you got the opener, two and a half, three. But Mike, what Michael's pointing out is you got a 50-50 split on the tickets, yet all of the money, 80 plus percent at a couple of shops reporting Baltimore money, fishy. That number's fishy. Right. That's all you're saying. And then all the all the money line money. When you combine those two things together, watch out now. So the other one I wanted to ask you about, okay, so that's Buffalo and Baltimore, a great matchup. You got a couple of really good matchups, to be fair. Yeah. That one, uh, the other one, obviously, would be Jacksonville and Philly. Michael's look-ahead article, which VEASAN pros get today, you've got Philly 2 in your power ratings. You've got Jacksonville 4. This is a tremendous matchup, of course. Peterson coming back to Philly. Philly's laying 6.5. It's pretty much one tennish everywhere on the six and a half. What do you got on this one? You know, I have this as I have this as a four point four three game. So there's a lot of wiggle room in here. What I wrote about today was I think you have to consider this. And yesterday I went back and watched the game tape of the Tampa Bay Bucks playing the Philadelphia Eagles in the playoff game. And the reason I did that is because I wanted to see remind myself what Todd Bowles did in the game to stop Jalen Hurts. And what he did in that game is going to impact this game. Why? Because Mike Caldwell was on the same sideline. Mike Caldwell was in the room game planning against Hurts twice last year. So that game plan, that's the game that the Eagles offensive staff is going to watch. I know it has nothing to do with Jacksonville, but that's the game they're going to watch. And the way he attacked Philly, Todd Bowles, was he attacked him outside in. So he set the edges on the both sides all the time, took the quarterback away, and dared them to run the ball inside into Vita Vey, into Sue. And their linebackers could tackle really well. You know, the linebackers there, David and White, those guys can really tackle and they can run fast. And you put and, and you put all their corners in the game, in the action, whether it's Dean or Davis, and all of a sudden in Winfield, the safety, they can all tackle. So I think that's what you're going to get. Coverage-wise, he mixed it up. He rotated it. He was going to play three, two, he zone dog, man dogs, all those things. And it gave the Eagles a lot of problems. They got behind in the game. And once they got behind the game, there was no drop-back pass. Can Jacksonville duplicate that? That's the question we as betters have to ask. Can they duplicate that game plan? And I think they have the personnel, too. I don't know if they have the temperament and the resilience to do that or the functionality offensively to be able to get the lead. Because Philly has been very good in the first half. Scored 65 points in the second quarter. That's going to be the key. You know what? It'll, it, it's a good litmus test. For Philly as well. We just saw them dominate the Commanders. Jacksonville will let us know because Jacksonville's defense is legit. They're going to let us know where this Philly team is. You yeah, know, they are. It's a good no litmus doubt. test as far as 
two very good teams. Surprises. We continue Lombardi Line. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, bet MGM customers, if you have a friend who loves sports as much as you do, here's a chance for both of you to earn $50 in bonuses when you sign up through BetMGM's Refer a Friend program. Just sign into your BetMGM account, click on the Refer a Friend program, send your friend a message inviting them to register a new account. And again, BetMGM is going to hook you both up with 50 bucks. It's a great deal. Refer a friend over at BetMGM, 21 years or older. 1-800-GAMBLER if you have an issue. Promotional offer not available 
Mississippi or Nevada. Speaking of friends, it is a Friday back in the control room there at Circa with Stephen Bond and the crew because it was loud when Stephen said hi to me. It sounds fun. What's going on? Did John Goulet bring his electric personality to the mix and his <laughs> talking about his cowboys as we welcome yeah. you back? Of course, Michael Lombardi there. Um, I'm Patrick Maher. A lot of news coming in. Michael, as you see, the board is lighting up. We're talking about some surprises. And so I'll go to Denver. Denver's at Vegas. We know how much this means to Vegas. But how how about a Denver team that's 2-1? and I ran this stat by Steven. He didn't get it. Let's see if you can. It's a tough one. Last 15 games, Russell Wilson, how many 300-yard passing games does he have? Uh, I'll say three. One. It okay. Look, what happened I mean, last year with Seattle, who knows? But we have seen a player that looks as though he's regressed. Denver is at Vegas, and Vegas is laying two and a half here. Look, Vegas has got to get pressure on him. And they've got to, the, the whole concept for Vegas' defense has been the greatness of Max Crosby, who's played sensational. They've got to get Chandler Jones to get going. And they've got to be able to rush him and get after Garrett Bowles and force three or four holding calls out of Mr. Bowles, which he's capable of giving them, and pressure and really force Russell to throw. This is the, the Denver offense is the West Coast, as I've said all along. They want to install West Coast. It's not going to be complicated. Kind of know by formations what they're going to do. Uh, I, I don't understand why they have the huge play sheet there because, I mean, they run the stuff that they run. I mean, they got to get better at it. They've got skill players. There's no denying that. But the Raiders got to get their best players to play their best. They got to get Chandler to play at a higher level. They got to get Waller to play at a higher level. I was on Denver radio today, and they said Sertan's going to take Devontae Adams all over the field. I've never been a big believer in putting your best on their best. I haven't because to me, that means it's like Frazier Ali. Frazier wins a round, Ali might win a round. Ali wins two rounds, Frazier wins. You know, like it goes back and forth when great plays great. When you put the second best corner over there with double team, and you take out the first corner, the, first, the other receiver. Like Sertan takes away Matt Collins or takes away somebody else. Now the offense kind of slows down. The reason Miami lost last night is because Howard didn't slow down Higgins. But that concept works. So it'll be interesting to see. I think the Raiders play at home. They've got to play their best. They've got to be able to have balance and run the ball. Can't get behind and can't continue to give games away. The reason this line flipped is because, like the book, the book has been saying – Look, the Raiders are a good – they don't look at – the book doesn't look at records. They look at the numbers. The Raiders are a good team. They're just 0-3. They haven't won games. Well, they've lost a combined, what, three games by 13, 14 points? I mean, this is – you know, I, I can only imagine – there were reports that, you know, Mark Davis, after the loss to the Titans, had a closed-door meeting with Josh McDaniel. I, I can only imagine what your son and that coaching staff are going through because sitting 0-3 with a 14-point – like, you know you're a good team. That must be just absolutely gut-wrenching. And once you win one, and once you win one, you know you're going to win a bunch. But let me just address the Mark Davis thing. He did that all – Mark That's Mark Davis isn't doing this with John Gruden. Mark Davis did this for Josh McDaniels. He did it after every game with Josh McDaniels. I mean, excuse me, with John Gruden. This is something that happened all the time. It, it, it's – Mark Davis wants to talk to the coach after the game. A lot of those conversations are predicated on on game management. How do we play the game? What's going on? So, like, we make such a big deal out of it. It's been going on in Las Vegas and Oakland for the last four or five years that this conversation has occurred. By the way, he owns the team. He could do 
He has every right to want to know what this is my yeah. investment. Now, his what father, are we doing here? His, his father never went into the locker room. His father waited until he got on the plane. And then all of a sudden, as you were flying, and then the hurricane happened up there. Like, you got into the eye of the storm when that happened. Would he I – don't, I don't know this. Would Al Davis – on the plane, would he have a cocktail? Because sometimes that can exacerbate the situation. Was was Al a drinker or no? No drinks. Di- I have a Diet Pepsi. I have a Diet Pepsi. Uh, <laughs> uh, not not too much ice. Uh, anyway, yeah, I mean that would be. But the looks and the you know, it was you know, and he was loud. He didn't care about who heard him. He was not going to keep quiet. So if he was complaining to me about something in the game, he was loud. So he wasn't even Al Davis, not a dream. He just had, man, he had a zest. He just had energy. It's just like, it, it's, it's funny because for a generation like mine, it's almost like he became a parody of himself. He's one of the great football minds of all time. I mean, guys, brilliant. Yeah, I mean, it, it really is. And unfortunately, at the end, he was chasing something he didn't have to chase. He was chasing immortality and he didn't have to. He was already great. And so he was trying to do things to make himself. You know, it's like when Sinatra wore a leisure suit. You know, Frank, you don't you don't need to wear a leisure suit. You're Sinatra. Like, you were a tux guy. Get in the tux. Like, don't wear no leisure suit. You're Sinatra. You know, you're Al Davis. You built championships. You don't have to try to prove that this player is great because you liked him. Just hit the ball down the middle of the fairway. <laughs> well put. Well put. Other surprises as we take a look at the board. I, I'm just... Again, we talked about Chicago and the Giants. The record maybe not indicative. I'll just say this about Washington because we talked about that number being Ugh. fishy. The, Washington's been surprisingly bad. It, it's not even indicative in the one and two record. Okay, so let's just talk about Washington. They've had 14 possessions in the first half the last two games. 14. 12 punts. 12 punts. And two turnovers. Is that good? Doesn't I mean, seem like, like it. I don't get it. They're 30th. They're 30th in the league in sacks allowed, pressure per pass, okay? The Cowboys are the best team in pressure in the passer. So, I mean, riddle me this, Batman. How are they going to block Dallas? They can't block. They couldn't block Philly. They couldn't block Detroit. I mean, Hendrickson almost got rookie of the year after that game. I mean, Hutchinson, I'm sorry. Hutchinson, correct. And uh, this is uh, just a quick note on Dallas. So Dallas is laying three. Circa's juice to 120, could be headed to three and a half. However, DraftKings is 105 on the juice, meaning we could be headed to two and a half on Dallas, which is crazy. If it goes to two and a half, that number will be scooped up. It'll go right back to three. I'll give you an example of real time. Go, go, please finish your thought. Well, I mean, okay, so you're looking at the board. I'm looking at the board, okay? That number's staying at three. All right? There's been, I don't know how many tickets have been written up for this game. Let me look here. I got it right here. Okay, so we've got 24,000 tickets written up for the game. 71% of the tickets are coming in on the Cowboys. The money splits 55-45. Like, I, I, I want to meet the people that are playing the, uh, the play in Washington because they're a lot, they're a lot res- more resilient than I am. Like, you will never – I'm never going that way. I watch their tape. I think they're poorly coached. I think their details never get handled. I think they find ways to lose game. I'll say this completely honestly. They have very good skill players. They have very good Samuels, McLaurin, Dotson, Gibson, the running back. I I grant you all that. Wentz puts himself into more sacks than he actually gets away from because he kind of doesn't have any pocket awareness. But they they don't block anybody. 
and they're going against a front that is really hard to block, assuming Lawrence is going to play. So just to give the better an idea how all of a sudden you get news, Michael, and then that news starts to filter into the betting market. So when you and I started, Detroit was four everywhere. Four still becoming a bigger, uh, more and more becoming a key number in NFL betting. The Ross St. Brown news happens. He starts to trend on Twitter. Everybody's three and a half now. Just, yeah. j- I just wanted to give the better new betters an idea of how information affecting the bottom line, which is the number here in the market. Yeah, and, and it adjusted. And so I just say, take a snapshot today, sit back, right? And if you yeah. like a team at a certain number and it goes in your favor, don't get scared. Don't get scared. The, the, what I get scared of is the ones that don't move when I think it should move. Like for me, Washington-Philly I have as a 6.4 ga- 6.3 game, and it's never moved. I've been either I'm really wrong on Washington from a visual standpoint and from a statistic standpoint, or the book knows something that I don't know. Also notable, friend of mine, Steve Fezzik, professional handicapper. In fact, he's second in the contest there, the Circuit Invitational, which coincides with bet prep with our buddy Matt Humans, He loves Minnesota Lane 3. I bring it up because Minnesota Lane 3, we're going to be here live for in-game betting with Minnesota New Orleans live from London. I say that, Michael, because my assumption is it's going to get up to three and a half, Minnesota. I think it will. I think it will. You know, and it's hard. I mean, you're going over, you lose a day to travel over there. Andy Dalton, I'm telling you, New Orleans, if a Camaro doesn't get going, New Orleans is not going to be the same offensively. Remember, Patrick, the back makes the spread. And when Camaro's going, their spread is better. Which is shocking to me because he's literally, he's so talented. He's one of my favorite players. I don't understand a little bit of a regression here from I don't know if it's it's the he same might be offense. Hurt. I mean that it might be Could hurt. Be. Could be. Okay. Again, I just saw a book go to three and a half on Minnesota, so that's how quickly it happens. We're coming back with Vinny Maliulo from behind the book there at South Point next. MTV's official challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.